Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show. Your thoughts on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling text line at 765-447-4080. It's only Wednesday, but it's already been a heck of a week, and it's it's been a rough week in terms of Purdue recruits decommitting. A, a couple of big names over the last two days uh, have uh, decided to... Uh, uh, not become Boilermakers. So we're going to turn to uh, Brian Newberg. GoldenBlack.com does a great job following these recruits and uh, kind of give us some insight about what's going on and uh, where does Purdue go from here. Brian, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, man. You do such a great job putting stuff in perspective for us, and uh, I'm glad to have you here today. Um, let's get started in basketball. Draven Gibbs Lawhorn. Um, I'm assuming by the message on Twitter that that he has decommitted. It didn't officially say that, but I think that's the inference. Um, no, he de- it's it's done. He decommitted. Yeah. Okay. I only worded it because I wasn't sure that was the official announcement. I knew it was coming, but the way he worded that first tweet, I wasn't sure that was the final word. He has decommitted. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, so look, I, I know anytime something like this happens. Fans run around screaming about he got the bag, somebody bought him. I, I, this happens all the time. I don't know that that's the case. I I, I did see where his uh, you know his mom was on social media talking about how much uh, they like meeting a, a certain Kentucky recruiter, and then all of a sudden this decision has been made. What can you tell us about uh, what's been going on with him and, and why he is seemingly decommitting now from Purdue? Yeah, well, Jared, when you asked me to be on the show here a while ago, I committed to do it, and then I, <laughs> I, I thought long and hard about it there at the last second. I oh, decided geez. to stick Such with it. Such a Kyle it. Charter's I joke. Didn't want to burn you. Uh, no. Um, so with Draven, you know, I, I, I kind of have to choose my words carefully here, but I, I think there, there's, it's not the most stable kind of situation around him. I think that you know. There's a lot of voices and a lot of, you know, impulsiveness kind of kind of around him. And, you know, there's a case to be made that, you know, maybe he's better off getting out of Lafayette because, you know, a lot of those those sorts of things are here. Um, I think when you look at – I think any time you have a guy who's been at three high schools in three years and um, whatnot and, you know, potentially on his way to a fourth, I, I don't know where he'll be in the fall – whether he's going back to Montverde or not, um, that's a red flag. That is absolutely a red flag. And, you know, I can tell you that um, I think Purdue knew all along that, you know, this was always a potential outcome here. And I I don't just mean, I don't just mean, um, you know, decommitting as a recruit, but if he wound up at Purdue, the possibility that, you know, something would happen you know, from a transfer perspective, because the body of work from a jumping around perspective is is pretty significant from McCutcheon to the prep school out in Utah to the prep school in Florida. You know, it, it's it's that's just sort of what you're dealing with here. It, it is kind of too bad for Purdue because he is a good player, and I think if you could just get the player and not everything around him, you know, I think it, it would have been uh, something that could have worked. Um, I like Draven personally. I think he's a nice kid. I think he's... He's a little bit um, of a different personality, but he's got a fun energy about him. I think he's, I think deep down, he's a good person. Uh, there's just a lot around him, and I think it, it's a, I think it would have been a tough deal even if he'd gotten to Purdue. Now, the point 
the important point to make here is that I think Purdue goes way back with this guy, goes way back with his family. Matt Painter coached his dad for like a year at Eastern Illinois, I think. Um, they knew what they were getting into here, uh, and they 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 rolled the dice. They they decided to take his commitment, knowing that you know there was probably going to be some some strange days here, and uh, that's kind of that's kind of the nature of recruiting is that you know these things are always possible. You just have to make the best decisions you can make at the moment. Uh, Purdue took a commitment from a good player. You know, had Purdue turned away a local kid who wanted to commit, um, you know, people would be saying the exact opposite of what they're saying today. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality of it all is that, um, you know, this was always a always a possible outcome here, and uh, Purdue knew Purdue knew what it was getting into here, and um, kind of went into this eyes wide open. But it, it's unfortunate for them, nonetheless, that it kind of turned out this way. We're talking with Brian Newbert from goldblack.com here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline is there is there a path of some kind of reconciliation here or, or no, do both no, both parties move no. on No no Purdue if if they called and said we're coming to Purdue Purdue would no it, it's just not happening You know to be honest with you um Purdue, I'm sure Purdue's probably tired of it anyway so um that's just not happening So you know you, you miss out on some guards in that class. You you need to. You you've written about the need for point guards. You know you really need to uh, work on this depth and everything too. So where does that leave Purdue going forward? There's still players in that class that Purdue can go out and get. Does Purdue go back to an old target, try to flip that target, or is it just a uh, no. we, we stay transfer portal it and, and hope for the best? Yeah, no. It's uh, I, I think that they're uh, if there's other guards they're recruiting out there, I I don't know who they are. Um, they were recruiting Marcus Burton from Penn for a long time. And the shame of this for Purdue is that if this was going to happen, it didn't happen two months earlier because you could have gone and offered Marcus Burton. He might've committed right away. And instead he, he stayed on the market, gave Notre Dame a chance to offer him. He committed to Notre Dame right away instead. Um, Purdue never offered Burton, but probably would have had this happen, you know, had this happened earlier. So that's too bad for Purdue. That's just bad timing. That's just, you know, uh, there's never a great time to do this, but there for this to happen. But there are times that are better than others, and uh, you know, Purdue's got a month or two here to, to go look for somebody else. I, I'd be surprised if they found another high school kid to go recruit. The good news about about the modern climate, if you look at it as good news or not, is that when you lose somebody, you can always turn right around in the spring and go find somebody in the transfer portal. Now, the transfer portal wasn't kind to Purdue this past year. But I think that was a little bit of an outlier situation because it was right on the on the front end of name image likeness being a being a you know a shopping spree at Christmas, mm-hmm. and it was also a deal where Purdue was gunning for the best players in the country at the position they were looking for, and they basically had the guy they wanted. He just got bought at the end in, in Nigel Pack in Miami. But I think that this year when they go back into it. It's not like you need somebody to come in and start right away. It's not like that acute point guard need they had this year that they were trying to go get the Tyrese Halliburton's of the world, the Nigel Packs of the world, the Tyrese Hunters of the world. Did I say Tyrese Halliburton? Uh, I think I just said Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. That, that, that's not right. He's out of eligibility. Um, if they could get Tyrese Halliburton, that'd be a hell of a deal. <laughs> but um, 
I, I don't think he's I don't think he's leaving the Pacers. Tyrese Hunter was what I meant to say. Um, I don't know if it's going to be one of those deals where you have to go recruit the five best dudes at the position you're trying to get. Uh, at which time, those are really perilous waters to be swimming in, especially with with the name, image, likeness stuff. You know, still being the recruiting inducement it's not supposed to be. So I think they'd probably maybe I don't want to say set their sights a little lower, but set their sights a little more realistic um, under these circumstances. And I, I think they can probably have more success in that regard. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or not. What I just said, that was kind of a word salad. I just threw at you there, but I think um, that's probably where you end up turning is trying to go, trying to go get somebody who can, who can help you right away in the transfer portal. You might end up getting somebody who can help you sooner than, than, than Draven Gibbs Longhorn could have anyway. I mean, that you just don't know how these things, how these things are, are going to turn out. Um, you know, there's been lots of precedent in the past with Purdue where they lost a recruit, wound up with somebody better, or lost a recruit that everybody thought they had to have, and it didn't affect them one bit, you know, stuff like that. So you just never know how these things are going to play out. So uh, I guess we'll kind of find out. To be honest with you, Brian, when you said uh, Halliburton, I was trying to go back and figure out what the first name was you said. That, that, that's where my mind went to. I didn't even put it together. So if it makes you feel any better, uh, yeah, I, I, I missed that one too. We're talking with Brian Newbert here on the Hammerhead Hotline. All right, let's shift over to football. Uh, you know, Ricky Collins uh, is, is no longer going to be uh, coming to Purdue. Uh, my understanding was what he went out to LSU, had a great weekend. Uh, and this was just a couple of uh, weeks after saying, you know, that he seemed very, very much a Purdue commit. He releases that statement. There was that uh, wording, lapse in communication, which kind of yeah. sent up a, a little bit of signal. And then some coaches making me uh, feel like I can make a difference. It was a very weird statement for me, uh, you know, trying to understand what exactly was going on there, knowing the LSU. Was, so can you, what can you tell us about Ricky and what happened there? Well, for one thing, he committed too early. It's like, what are we doing here? Uh, it, it's October of your junior year, and you're going to be a national recruited quarterback, and you're going to commit to a school that's hundreds of miles away because you like the assistant coach who's recruiting you, basically. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, if he had just let himself be recruited a little bit, you know, maybe he would have, you know, things would have turned out different. He probably not, might not have ended up committing to Purdue, but – Maybe if he had committed to Purdue after a little bit more of a process, he would have done so, you know, in a more enduring manner. But this was, you know, I could have seen the Draven Gibbs Longhorn thing coming because I knew about all the stuff kind of going on behind the scenes there and all the stuff around him. But you also could have seen this coming too with Ricky Collins too, where you have this player who's, who's, you know, one of the best players at his position nationally. He's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> it's not like this kid lives in Noblesville or Merrillville. It's, he's in Baton Rouge, sitting right there, you know, in the middle of SEC country, sitting there looking right at the swamp, not the swamp, um, LSU Stadium, whatever the not, stadium is. Not Death called. Valley, that's Clemson. Um, Correct. No, it, it, it doesn't matter. It um, doesn't. And, uh, you know, the whole SEC sitting right there. They're all recruiting Arch Manning at the time, and you, you just knew that whoever didn't get Arch Manning was all of a sudden going to, you know, show up and start recruiting Ricky Collins. As it turned out, it's Oregon comes after him until they get somebody else. Florida State comes after him. After, um, I, I can't remember if they didn't get somebody else or, or whatever, but Florida State and Oregon came after him first. Purdue kind of weathered that. And after committing way earlier 
than he probably should have. Ricky Collinson comes out and talks in certainties about coming to Purdue. When I, I, I don't know why kids do that. When they know, I'm sure they know deep down that nothing is ever binding in this. Um, but I, I don't know why they do that. But he just talked. He talked in the most certain terms I've ever heard from a kid who has all these other people coming after him, and really no binding reason to want to come to Purdue. Yes, Purdue does a good job of quarterbacks. He's got a good reputation for quarterback development. Kind of stuff like that, but this was always kind of a kind of an eye-opening sort of fit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he would have liked more attention from Purdue. Uh, I can't really speak to that, but I'm sure he would have. I think he, he, wanted, to, he wanted to be in contact with the head coach more than you know, he wound up being, but I, I can't speak to why that is. So, but, so you're just saying if Jeff Brom would have had a better Cajun accent, like uh, a certain coach down yeah, there, this would have worked out. Brian Kelly, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if he's going to go to LSU. I mean, he, he visited there, um, but I, I don't know if that's where he's going to wind up or not. I mean, he's going to have other options too. But um, I think that the communication thing with Purdue, you know, gave him a face to put on there that, uh, you know, for a situation that might have been kind of something that a lot of people saw coming anyway just because it, it was so it was it was awkward it was this kid from the middle of sec country you know committing to a, a cold weather state school um that he visited once basically uh well he ended up visiting a couple times um but he committed after only visiting once uh, it just it just didn't add up and i'm, I'm just not sure why he, he jumped the gun so much on on that commitment it was last october that he committed, um, it, it, it that just just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I'm I'm not here to judge kids' decisions. I'm just here to explain them after they decommit. Brian Newbert from GoldenBlack.com. And, oh, and by the way, there. So so Purdue quarterback for that class. That'll that'll be another again transfer portal, right? That's probably where they look to fill that need. Yeah, I mean every high school quarterback or most high school quarterbacks worth a damn, um, barring the rare late bloomer uh, will be committed already. That's just the nature of quarterback recruiting. So what you're going to have to do is, you know, go into the portal in the spring. I assume, I don't know, I can't speak for them, but I assume you'll have to go into the portal in the spring and look for somebody. You've got two good young quarterbacks in Brady Allen and Michael Lamo too, that um, you don't necessarily, I don't know when Ricky Collins would have been on the field at Purdue anyway. Uh, as highly rated or recruited as he was and all that, he was still going to come in a year behind Brady Allen, who I think personally is is the future, but it could also be Michael Amo for all I know. But um, we'll see what happens there. They're going to want to add a body to that position anyway. That's tricky because when you go out on the transfer wire to recruit quarterbacks, you know it, they typically want to hear that they're going to be the starter. Purdue can tell them, hey, you can come in here and compete for the starting job, but there's not going to be any promises there. Brian Newbert, goldenblack.com. It's been a rough week for Purdue fans with a couple of decommits, but he's all over it. Uh, he's, I tell you, this is why you get the subscription to goldenblack.com, because he's got all the info that you need uh, and does a great job putting in everything into perspective for us. We're lucky to have him. Brian, uh, it's always a pleasure, my man. Um, I know you're going to be doing nothing but fielding questions on chat rooms for the uh, next couple of days. Uh, best of luck to you. Thank you for taking some time for us today, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jared. Hey, take care, bud. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. The trade deadline comes and goes for the Cubs. They do not make the moves. The White Sox don't make the moves. What the heck happened yesterday? 
We'll discuss that and more next, plus more of your comments and questions on the Hammer Text Line, the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammer Text Line, 765-447-4080. That's next on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 101.